New Omicron-specific COVID boosters, they're on the horizon, while high-risk people are struggling to find monkeypox vaccine doses. Both viruses are spreading as families are preparing for back-to-school time. With us to discuss all this and more is Dr. Mia Teramina, an infectious disease specialist with Dooley Health and Care. Hi, Dr. Teramina. Hey, Sasha. And we're taking your calls, too. Do you have questions about COVID boosters, monkeypox vaccines, or or current COVID protocols? Give us a call now at 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Let's start, doctor, with the latest on COVID-19 in this region. What do the numbers tell us? You know, we're still seeing uh, a lot of COVID pretty much everywhere, especially downstate. There's definitely surging numbers downstate, but in in Cook County, Chicago land, the collar counties as well, as we approach, you know, what's becoming the start of the school year, we still have high transmission in a lot of these areas and we need to be mindful that COVID is still here. It is still spreading. The uh, Chicago Tribune reported this morning that some Illinois school districts are dropping COVID testing programs because of lack of interest. What role do you think masking and testing should play as students head back to school this month? You know, we go back to the whole concept of last year where layered mitigation strategies were something that, you know, gave us that approach. The more layers of mitigation in place, the safer environment we could establish. So if we're using mask optional and doing away with survey testing, which arguably works best when the majority of people are participating in the survey testing and masking works best when people are all universally masking, Now we need to go back to what mitigations are going to be left, which is going to be ventilation, which is going to be social distancing as we're able, good hand washing, and things that we should do, you know, during regular cold and flu seasons. Um, I think it is important that even if we start the school year without a testing strategy or without mask requirements, Mm -hmm. there needs to be some room to move toward that if we have to. And we don't know that just yet. How about COVID vaccines in schools? In terms of giving them to our kids before they start, that's mm-hmm. something that definitely should be on the radar right now. If your child has had two doses of vaccine and they're about to start the school year, get that third dose in now. That's going to be the, the right time to go ahead and do it. We don't want to wait for variant-specific boosters. We need to sort of fill up the cup of antibodies for these kids and keep them as protected as possible with what we have right now um, so we can avoid more severe COVID courses and, and potentially severe complications that can can happen in our children. And as we mentioned, updated COVID boosters are expected to be available in September. Remind us, doctor, what is different about them and, and who exactly is eligible to get them at this point? So every time we have new variants kind of come about right away, especially our main manufacturers, Pfizer and Moderna, uh, try to reformulate their existing vaccines to match what's going around. So in December and January, both Pfizer and Moderna already started working on Omicron-specific vaccines. As we got into the thick of this year, uh, it was requested from the government for them to further tweak these vaccines for uh, BA4 and BA5 because that's what's going around right now. There is a little bit of of playing uh, chase and to try and catch up to the variants that are emerging, but the hope is that the additional code added to the existing vaccines that already went through all the trials, this is why we don't need to go through all the trials again, Mm -hmm. will confer additional immunity against 
BA4 and BA5, that's what's going around. And I'm thinking it's going to be more like October, maybe even into November, because once we get these through the FDA and CDC, we're going to have to roll out distribution to get to the states and then eventually get shots in arms. So it's going to be a little bit of, of a process this fall. Yeah. President Biden, we know, has now tested negative for COVID after a rebound case had put him back in isolation for over a week. Remind us, doctor, what the rebound cases are and how it played out for the president. So, yeah, he's very a, a high-profile example of a rebound case of COVID after taking the prescription drug Paxlovid. Paxlovid is a very good drug, and it dramatically decreases hospitalization and death in folks that are at risk for severe COVID illness. It works best when taken as soon as possible after diagnosis, and many people begin to feel better very quickly and even go on to test negative by the time their prescription of a five-day course is complete only to then have some rebound effect that we're still understanding where folks can actually have symptoms reoccur. In addition to symptoms reoccurring, they test positive again. So the theory is that there is some suppression to the point of undetectable viral status, but it's not eradicated fully from your entire system. And a few days off the uh, antivirals will then allow it to re-replicate Recause symptoms. Yeah. And the protocol is to uh, isolate again for five additional days. So if you experience a Paxlovid rebound, you should consider yourself contagious, even though we're still learning how contagious, and you should still isolate for an additional five days. A reminder if you have questions about COVID boosters, monkeypox vaccines, or current COVID protocols, you can give us a call right now to talk with Dr. Termina. That number is 866 915. W-B-E-Z. Let's go now to John in Elgin. Hey, John. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. Um, curious, I take care of a friend of mine who's elderly and has a few comor comorbid conditions. Question being, he started out his run probably in the spring of 21 with a shot of J&J, &J, which we all know. they put, I think they pulled that from the market now. It wasn't very effective. But now... Then I got him a booster about six months later of, of uh, Pfizer. And now in the spring, I've gotten him another booster of Pfizer. But what is his efficacy? Because he didn't have the initial two booster shots at the top. Okay. To boost up those two T cells. So can you answer that, please? Dr. T? Yeah, on a case-by-case -case basis, folks that have received a single J&J &J followed by two messenger RNA vaccines and are otherwise elderly and eligible for boosters, they can get another dose of a messenger RNA vaccine. Um, so I'm okay with a J&J &J followed by a total of three doses uh, as long as the appropriate interval has passed. So if it's been longer than three or four months since the last dose of a messenger RNA vaccine, he can go ahead and get another dose now and then keep on the radar when an additional booster dose of a more Omicron-specific uh, medication is available later this fall. Let's turn to monkeypox, doctor. First, remind us of the difference between monkeypox and COVID. So the critical difference between the two is COVID is airborne and aerosolized in a far more dramatic way than monkeypox is. While monkeypox can spread through droplets, we're more talking about secretions and being in very close contact with, um, you know, lesions and skin-to-skin -skin contact as the means of transmission. You're unlikely to get monkeypox simply being in a room with somebody with monkeypox. You really need that close physical connection with the individual for it to spread.
Let's jump to the phones now. Kay is on the line calling from Albany Park. Hi, Kay. Hey, how are you? Doing well. What's your question? I know it's monkeypox related. It is monkeypox related. My question is, if you had the smallpox vaccine as a child, if that gives you any protection against the monkeypox? Good question. That is a great question. Uh, The answer is probably some. Uh, Definitely against a more severe monkeypox course, but there have been documented cases of folks that received smallpox vaccine when younger and now have had monkeypox cases with this current outbreak. So it doesn't seem to be an absolute uh, preventative, but for um, folks that have had that smallpox vaccine, likely they're going to have some protection against monkeypox as it stands right now. On Thursday, the Biden administration declared monkeypox a public health emergency. Can you give us an update? Where are we at with monkeypox cases here in Illinois? So here in Illinois, you know, they update things a little slowly. So as of uh, Fridays, the last count we had, uh, that was 602 cases. It's, it's going to go up from there. Um, almost all of these cases in Illinois are in the Chicagoland area with 571 in the Chicagoland area as of the last count. But we, we just had market days this weekend. There's still summer festivals going on, opportunities for people to be in close physical contact and certain as- at-risk groups. So I expect to see kind of uh, an exponential rise uh, in these cases over the next couple of weeks. We're ranking in the nation right now uh, fourth or fifth in the number of cases statewide. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Teramina about all things COVID boosters and monkeypox vaccines. And we're also taking your call. So if you've got a question for Dr. Teramina, call us now at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that number is 866-915-WBEZ. COVID question here for you, doctor. What if you keep testing positive after isolating for 10 days with COVID? Should you stay in isolation until you test negative? So uh, the question here is, how are we doing the testing? So if we are still testing positive on a home antigen test, that does detect active virus. It may not be enough to spread truly meaningfully after 10 days. So I would use discretion if you are still testing positive and have to go out and about. You definitely should be masked and you should not be in close contact with anyone that's immunocompromised or immune suppressed. If you are testing positive with PCR testing, As a reminder, you can continue to have a PCR test that's positive for weeks to months because it can actually detect dead viral particles. So that's why we we sort of say we don't redo PCR tests for a period of 90 plus days after a confirmed positive. So home testing, if it's positive, you should still presume the potential of having some active virus. PCR test positive after you've completed a standard isolation course, unlikely to still be active virus. The CDC is recommending certain people, including pregnant people and those with skin conditions like eczema, that they avoid one of the types of monkeypox vaccines. Why? So there's two different monkeypox vaccines, and the one that we are most familiar with and been talking about with this particular outbreak is the Genios vaccine, and that's going to be a modified attenuated live vaccine, which means that it cannot have active replicating virus. So it can be given to folks that are immune suppressed or have eczema or uncertain biologic agents because it won't 
cause active infection. The traditional smallpox vaccine, the one that was given me many years ago, is now being repurposed because we have a need for it. Mm -hmm. And under sort of emergency use and expanded use, the ACAM 2000 vaccine, that does contain live vaccinia virus. And if you remember, those are the vaccines that give you that skin reaction on the upper part of your arm where you'll develop a small lesion or scab. Uh, and while that lesion and scab is present, you could be shedding active vaccinia or smallpox virus. So that's something you would not want to give to somebody with a suppressed immune system because they could become systemically ill uh, from the vaccine itself. Let's hear from Greg. Greg's calling from The Loop. Hi, welcome to Reset. Uh, thank you and uh, for uh, providing this information on the line. Sure. Hey, you know what I'm wondering about is this. If you get vaccinated for monkeypox, that per- protects you, but does it also stop your ability to spread the disease? So that's a tricky question, but it's a very good one. So we are still learning about using these vaccines as pre-exposure prophylaxis. So giving them to higher risk folks, time will tell how much they're able to prevent that you know disease from happening we're likely going to have some breakthrough cases and folks that got the vaccine technically your uh, prime immunity is going to take place two weeks after the second dose so there's lots of opportunity for monkeypox exposure while you may be incompletely infected and it'll take us a while to learn if you do have a case it should be a more mild case even with some vaccine on board in theory that would make you less contagious uh, but time will tell if that's an absolute uh, finding or if if you have a breakthrough case you have a breakthrough case and you're equally ill and equally contagious next up is rishab in buffalo grove hi what's your question hi i had a question concerning uh public spaces especially ones that share food so movie theaters and restaurants my question basically boils down to other elevated uh risks around these venues because of the fact that you know you're going to be in close contact and sharing food and um should you you know kind of take a halt on sharing you know things like that or uh should you try to continue that uh despite the monkey box pox outbreak thanks rashad so, Rashab, you can get monkeypox from surfaces shared with somebody. So um, it would be a, a good opportunity to take a pause on sharing glasses, sharing forks, knives. If you're having a meal with someone, you know, kind of keeping everything sort of separated. That's going to be a good idea, especially if you're out and about with a higher risk a community group and folks that are not yet vaccinated. Um, just being in close physical contact and, you know, uh, in close I would say personal contact and within speaking range or casually, that's going to be less of a risk than physically touching and interacting with someone or, again, sharing uh, something that they've used to eat or drink with or even in some cases clothing that they've worn recently. Let's jump back to COVID. We've got a question here from Sandeep in Aurora. Hi, Sandeep. Hello. What's your question for the doctor? Yes, so my question is, uh, my my family and I uh, came from, moved from India in September, and given that we only had AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine, which we both got two doses of it, our daughter was too young to get any vaccine. Okay. Uh, until recently, we were fine. Ten days ago, I tested positive for COVID, uh, and now I finally tested negative. My wife did test positive as well. Uh, Our daughter did get fever. We're assuming she got it as well, but we've all recovered. Our question is, 
should we now be getting Pfizer Moderna booster shots, as well as most likely for our daughter, one of the first shots that uh, she's just two and a half year old. So, Thanks for your question, Sandeep. Doctor? Yes, Sandeep, anybody that's received uh, full courses of vaccine that are not uh, approved here in the United States is eligible for booster doses of Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. Now that you've just recovered from COVID, you don't need to wait forever to get your booster doses, but you do have a little bit of a window here where you should have some protective antibodies from what is likely Omicron BA5 that you recovered from. Um, I would think that you uh, should prioritize getting the booster vaccine probably in the next month or two. Uh, Of course, that's going to be butting up against when we will probably be getting those Omicron-specific boosters. Um, So speak with your provider about the timing of that. For your little one at two and a half, they can get their first doses of vaccine at any point after recovery. So especially if they're in a daycare setting or going to be with other people, I would prioritize getting those first doses in your little one um, at any point now that she's recovered. Before I let you go, doctor, school starting, right? So quick advice for teachers or or folks who work in schools. So if you are someone who is working in a school around all of these kids, first of all, thank you. And second of all, make sure that you have had all eligible doses of a booster vaccine. So whatever booster doses you're eligible for, this is the time to get them to have a week or two before they sort of have peak effect. Uh, Keep masks nearby, especially if you start noticing that, you know, you've got a lot of students coughing, sneezing, etc. I think it is reasonable. If you are immune suppressed, make sure that mask is a well-fitting N95 or KN95 mask uh, that you have in place. And I think for our school leaders and teachers, it sets a good example, um, especially if students are worried about the stereotypes of wearing a mask or something uh, to a bullying effect, uh, to have your teachers set a good example. I think that's very reasonable. Now, callers, if you have a question that we didn't answer, leave us a voicemail at 888-915-9945. Leave us your name, what neighborhood you live in, and your question, and we'll try to get the doctor to give you some advice next week. That's infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Taramina with Dooley Health and Care. Thank you, doctor. Thanks, Sasha. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.